0: Hi, I'm Todd Nathanson. And I'm Lena Morgan. And this is Song versus Song. And this week we are going to a very, very special year 1980, the weirdest year of the 80s. We are doing Devo's Whip It versus Gary Newman's Cars. Are you pumped? I have an immediate bone of
1: contention. Oh, what's going on? Well, the albums that these songs are on,
0: neither of them are from the 80s. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm pretty sure "Freedom of Choice" is at least from the '80s. "Freedom of Choice" by Devo. Yeah, I'm yes. pretty sure
1: it's. Not, I believe it's '79, isn't it?
0: You are incorrect. You are wildly incorrect. All right, but you're you're correct about the other one. I didn't okay. know that one off the top of my head. I don't think there is a single thing that is more 1980 than either of these songs, except maybe Christopher Cross. That's the other oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's the wild other end of the '80s of 1980. But I can I cannot think of Gary Newman's cars as a 70s song you'll never get me to do it
1: well that's that's the cool thing about um, about that song and I mean I'm sure that these songs were both written prior to the 1980s because these are both bands that you know also like Devo is
0: technically a 70s nin- band yeah
1: they they predate the 1980s and um, Gary Newman was in a band that had two albums before he put out this one and so they, and they also like had a a bit of that sort of like what would eventually be the, the synthy new wave 80s sound. So oh, they they're, basically they're, invented are they're pr- they're predictors. Yes, yeah. they did. In fact, these two albums, I think in predictor in, in particular are sort of like
0: predictors of much of the decade. Oh, absolutely. They invented the eighties before the eighties happened. I don't like, there are other electronic bands. Like you can say, Kraftwerk, you can say, Uh, some of the other contemporaries of the time, like, uh, pre don't you want me human league and bands like them. But I guess you could say the buggles too, which was a new wave band who video killed the radio stars. Technically a 70 song.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean the buggles and, and
0: Devo kind of invented music video. Oh yeah. Like Devo is almost not a band. They're a, well, no they
1: certainly aren't without the, the video component, a thing that that they themselves would say is true.
0: Yeah, they they have always been kind of clear though we're like a performance art troupe.
1: right. They're a multimedia act. Yeah. Anyway, listen, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. <laughs> let's let's just backtrack for a second and answer a very simple question. You listen to these two songs back to back, gut instinct, which one's better?
0: This is hard, this is hard. But when a problem comes along, you must say that it is Cars by Gary Newman. Oh,
1: <laughs> that's, I don't. Mm. We're going to be split on this one. We are. Um, I think if if I'm just listening to the two of them back to back, there's just more happening in Whip It. More? Yes. It's a more is better for me. I'm not sure I agree. I don't know. Uh, like like the the brief is I like Cars a lot. It's mm-hmm. got this great drone to it. I like the, the synth strings. Um, I think it's it's a you know it's very moody, mm-hmm. but you know layers of instrumentation, um, the way that the guitar line kind of evolves over the course of Whip It, the very use of the, of the whip sound effect. In a way, I suppose the whip sound effect tells me that in, that that Devo is the Indiana Jones. Of 80s <laughs> pop music act wait no no it's it's a it's an electric whip it's a laser whip my god devo they're the ferengi of 80s pop music
0: you know i guess it shouldn't surprise me that you managed to uh get a star, star trek-, trek joke in yeah but you i like that there was no
1: response just you, completely nothing crickets
0: like you did it so quickly like we're not five minutes into the episode and you, you found a way. I, it's my I power. It's my skill. Like I don't remember Ferengi's having electric whips. They had That's laser the, whips originally. I, I have no memory of that because I don't have your encyclopedic recall of Star Trek. Why am I surprised by this? Like, of course you work in Star Trek. In this, the nerdiest episode we've ever done.
1: It. Wow. Is it? Boy, I'd have to go back and look at the the back catalog. It's up there for sure. And I think that uh, because Gary Newman was so. I mean. Cars is just, well, it just sounds like you're in a Philip K. Dick novel, doesn't it? Yes. Which is which is the intention, right? Like, it's not like he accidentally, like, just managed to fall into that. That was essentially, like, not Philip K. Dick, but the, the idea of the sci-fi theme is kind of his thing.
0: Well, believe it or not, he did kind of, it was a bit of an accident, because I was reading his backstory, and he was, like, a punk rocker, Gary Newman. And he was just, like... Shopping around, I guess, and he found a synthesizer, a U synthesizer that already had like that droning, bass-heavy, drrr, already pre-programmed in. It was already on the settings, and he said that if like the previous owner had just like put it on like a higher setting, like my life would be completely different because I don't know how this thing works.
1: Right. Well, it was. It, also, he had written some of it with a with a bass in mind, which is a thing that he didn't do um, compositionally very often. Um, yeah, I think that's interesting. But again, that's sort of the stuff that, that that works against the song in the original recorded incarnation of it. And I'll, I'll talk about why, like, I think if you're looking at it as a song and, and how it can evolve when other people perform it, or he performs it with other people even, um, I think there's a lot more to enjoy and you could make an argument that Cars is the better song from that perspective. But like, I don't know, man, the late 70s, as far as a synth is concerned, right? It's a lot of Moogs and m- mini Moogs and mm-hmm. bitch I'm a cow Moog. I don't know. I don't I don't have a lot of synth knowledge in, in in the in the back pocket here, but it wasn't as advanced. Like if you made the song even like a couple years later, later like mid 80s, it would be vastly different. Like the number of tones and
0: sounds available would be different. Uh it the 80s moved very quickly. Like most of the hits of 1980, you look at them and you'll like either you won't recognize them or they will not sound 80s at all. They're just like 70s backwash. I have another like, question for you. Go on.
1: How did you first come to know these two songs? Did you hear them in the 80s or no? Hear
0: them in the 80s? Well, I how would I know? I was three. But I I don't know. Um, I feel like I would have known It. That seems like something familiar to me, although honestly, one of my first exposures to pop music was a uh, a compilation CD of eighties movie themes. It had Ghostbusters on it, so I played that thing over and over again. And one of the songs on there was a cover of uh, of the R and song "Working on the Working by a Coal Mine" or "Working on a Coal Mine" by Devo. I don't even know what movie it was from, but that was my first exposure to them. I definitely knew Devo before I knew Gary Newman and I knew Whippet before cars. I feel like cars. Was, I think I, I I knew from like a, a gap commercial.
1: Oh, huh? So I have a really weird sort of sense memory for cars because, you know, I would have been pretty young for both of these, obviously. I mean, technically if they were composed in the seventies, I wouldn't have been alive, but Whippet was a song that I heard without context. I remember seeing the music video. I remember hearing the song and thinking this must be from like an exercise tape. <laughs> it just seemed like workout music to me. That's what I remember. I remember feeling like I should have like the like the pink leg warmers with the you remember with the with the eighties exercise yeah. get up looked like. Blue I felt band. like I should, I should be wearing that with the giant like frizzy permed hair and like you know what I mean. That's. That was my my vision in my mind when I heard that song. Mesh tank top. Plus the yeah, plus the the music video, right? Like that was my idea. Cars is a song that if I heard it, it didn't stick in my head until nineteen ninety two, and here's why I remember. It's terrible. It's the worst reason. It's so embarrassing, but I remember this so clearly. That um, do you remember there was a um, so there was the Rodney King beating. Yes. And then the subsequent LA riots. Yes. And during that time, sketch comedy decided they'd take a crack at it. As they do. And um in living color did a bit with David Allen Greer uh as as Rodney King and mm-hmm. uh, I think that also like uh I think Jim Jim Carrey played like one of the white guys that that got attacked during mm-hmm. uh, during the the actual riots. Yeah, and there was a whole riff they did that was "Stay in your car, your car is your friend." Oh wow! And I remember very glibly that people like sorted like the song came back into the cultural zeitgeist because of the the idea of a song being that it's safe to be in your car which is fucked. It's a fucked up thing. I'm not excusing it. I'm not saying that's good, but I'm telling you that I remember that song having a resurgence, and it was really the first time that I was more than like nascently aware of it, right? Like when it was actually on my radar, which is so weird
0: because every time I hear it, that's what I think of. You know, now that I think about it, I think I might've first been aware of It because you probably remember this, but there was like some... Like idiot American kid in Singapore who started a nas- an international incident because he was like graffitiing things or something, and so they like literally whipped him. In oh, that's right.
1: From- wait, wait, oh, they did. They whipped him. I thought it was a caning.
0: Technically, I think it was probably it was yeah, it was with a cane. But I I, I remember. But they,
1: but they played whip it. That's yeah. right.
0: Wow, what a <laughs> fucked up civilization
1: we're in, huh? What a world. Yeah, that's it's really weird. Well, I mean, like that's like the most. It makes a lot of sense because you and I both, I think, more came of age in the '90s than the '80s. Yeah. So of course we're going to have like these sort of like winky, ironic, sarcastic, kind of casually
0: cruel associations with it. Yeah. These were already kind of meme hits. The diva won more than Gary Newman, but like
1: they were yeah, novelties.
0: I've,
1: yeah, I mean,
0: mean—that's an interesting word. Yeah. Meme just now means anything funny.
1: Yeah, that's true. I don't
0: know. I don't know. Like it, when you said, it was like, I first heard it out of context. I'm like, you first heard whip it out of context. What context is there? It well, was, I mean, it the was context, already out of context when it was in context.
1: Well, that's true. I think that's what's, what's funny about that song is that um, by the time it, it got any kind of airplay whatsoever, there was already this assumption of like sadomasochism. <laughs>
0: Well, which I mean, is not, which is not the intent at all. It's not hard to see why people thought that.
1: No, I mean, of course, I'm not. I'm not saying yeah. like, oh, these these rubes, <laughs> these fools. It's so obvious that they were just aping the 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 lyrical parodies of Thomas Pynchon. Like, I don't think that that's that's something that you would know unless you looked it up.
0: No, I I think I have a a Pynchon in the back in the bookshelf on the back here that you can see that I had never read so like Devo's way ahead of me
1: it checks um, out yeah i think it's so funny because it's that and then on the flip side you have Gary Newman who named his album after a magritte painting
0: what's the name of that one that's the the pleasure principle yeah
1: and the and the cover is is sort of like a, a modern if you will technological rendering of the the actual piece. Um, I just think that's so funny. Like, I guess you know, ladies love Cool M- Magritte, huh? Because <laughs> I think of that, and I think of the the Paul Simon song. Which one? Oh, what is it? It's um Renee and uh, Georgette Magritte with their dog after the war.
0: I don't know that one.
1: Oh, that's a that's a Paul Simon tune. R- it's off uh,
0: Hearts and Bones. Re- Renee and Georgette down by the schoolyard. Yeah, uh, that's it.
1: You got him. No. Uh, okay. it's highbrow shit is what I'm saying. These are these are secretly highbrow tunes.
0: Well, I mean both Gary Newman and uh Devo, they're artists. They are artists. artists. They are avant-garde, they are envelope pushers. But as I listen to both of them, I feel like they are both there's something very different about both of them. It might just be British versus American.
1: Maybe. Well, I mean, Mark Mothersbaugh, I think, is you know, I don't I don't wish to to throw aspersions. I think he's a little bit more mass marketedly minded in the sense that, you know, he figured out that he was very good at doing this thing, which is creating music for like every TV and and and, and movie thing that wasn't already done by Danny Elfman,
0: right? <laughs> Like the the great new wave art weirdos turned uh, co- turned commercial music makers.
1: Yeah, like there is something very commercial about about Mark. Like, yes, he's very weird. Yes, he's very creative. And and outside of the context of it, it's capital A art for sure. You know, but also it's the Rugrats theme song. You know, <laughs> dun, 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 dun. it it's just fascinating to me. Whereas. I don't think that that would ever, ever in a million years happen to Gary Newman. I just don't think that that's really in his wheelhouse, certainly not in the United States, which is the reason why he was not really popular here other than the one song. I don't think of him that way. Also, here's a question. Do you think Mark Mothersbaugh would have kept going even if he'd never found any success anywhere ever? like, Or if he was just like mildly successful in the UK and no place else? like if you were to flip it would he have I, kept going
0: would he have kept going with music i feel like he would i hmm. i don't know why why do you get the impression that he's just uh in it for the money like why well, don't i th- i mean i don't know that I, it's I know just he that he's said, in it for too the money harsher than mean, but
1: it's not what I, yeah i mean yeah. i don't mean to say that but i do mean to say that once he discovered that he could have commercial success uh, creating tv and movie music right scores he sure leaned into it a lot, didn't he? I mean, that's that's where the money was and that's where he went. And Gary Newman at some point just decided, well, if I'm not gonna be successful outside of the UK, that's fine. And I think there's even a quote of him saying that even if he'd found even no success there, he would have just kept making the exact same music the exact same way. And I 100% believe him. Like I didn't read that
0: quote and go, no way, Gary Newman, I don't mm-hmm. buy it. Mother's Ball has, in fact, composed for commercials. And I, I I was reading this interview with him where he was like, yeah, I did a Hawaiian Punch commercial in 1987. And uh, for the lyrics I wrote, like, Hawaiian Punch really hits the spot. Sugar is bad for you. And, <laughs> and he'd play it for like, he said he played it for ad executives and like, he did, you know, the, the the good part was a little louder than the sugar is bad for you. But like it was there and the uh, the executives just missed it completely. I was like, that's great. Um, I love that. But, yeah. I. But well, also, well, like on one hand, like, yeah, you're 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 fucking around and you're like messing with people. But also, you did make a Hawaiian punch commercial.
1: And also, um, if we're talking about Whippet in particular, you know, they got screwed, Devo. Because they, they have certain rights, but they don't have rights to everything with regards to that song. So whenever somebody wants to use "Whip It" in a commercial, mm-hmm. it's not that Devo says, no way, nah, uh. What they say is, okay, but not the version that you've heard. We'll come in and record it for you. Like Swiffer, they did it. Yeah. Where they sang it as, you must Swiffer. Mm-hmm. And the reason they did that was not out of the kindness of their hearts, but it's because that meant that they made money. And if they had just used Whip It, that it wouldn't have happened. Uh, this is my other evidence that perhaps Mark Mothersbaugh is a little more commercially minded.
0: Well, I'm sure they don't mind making money and they would like to make money. And like, you know, Devo was not like platinum sellers or anything.
1: No, I'm not demonizing them. It's not an attack. It's just a It's It's an assessment. <laughs> it's, I'm, I'm making an observation.
0: Like if you if you have like a whip it like if you are a band called Devo and you walk around in, you know, fucking space suits and hazmat suits, like there's a, a hard limit on how big you're gonna get. Like I say yeah. if you get a whip it out there in the world, you make as much money off of that as you possibly can.
1: I think that's fair.
0: Um yeah,
1: if you're gonna dare to be stupid. <laughs> you really think- gotta you gotta really gotta dare. This I think is probably also the the, the undercurrent of why is it that Whippet takes it for me? It's it's the fact that arguably top five best Weird Al songs.
0: <laughs> you are not quit. the only person to have said that in the uh, in the comments.
1: I'm not surprised. I mean, we we talk about Weird Al all the time because Weird
0: Al is the we have a, we, Much like Devo, we have attracted our audience.
1: Yes, yes. Um, was, I had like all
0: kinds of wild well, can I, thoughts about this. guy. can I say like? Listening to them back and forth and like looking at them like I have always associated Gary Newman with Devo, but Gary Newman is so much cooler, I guess, like less nerdy than I think I gave him credit for. Like he's doing like, yes, he's like the robot new wave guy, but he's more like Bowie than Devo would ever be.
1: You know, it's interesting. um, While I was researching this and also was starting to prep for the the bonus episode that we're doing this month, Mm -hmm. it had occurred to me that Gary Newman would have been good in Labyrinth.
0: I'm not sure I'd go that far.
1: Oh, I don't know. I I mean, like (laughs) he would never be David Bowie good, but like it would have been interesting.
0: That's that's further than I'm willing to go. Like what makes you what makes you say that?
1: There's just something about his vibe that's like so weird. I think, so here's the deal. I think if you'd made Labyrinth and Labyrinth was about like a young boy, like going and figuring stuff out, Mm -hmm. figure out who he is. And like, it's low key him figuring, well, accepting that he's like a young gay kid living in a complicated 80s world. Then like Gary Newman's a perfect Goblin King for that. Absolutely perfect. Can't be beat. Um, I think that's what it was. I don't know why. I don't know. Now I'm just, I'm just. I just pulled that out of my ass, Todd. Don't ask me to explain where thoughts come from. They just appear.
0: I see Gary Newman as just like genuinely cool, and versus Devo, who were through being cool. They were.
1: I don't know. Did they ever have an interest in being cool? They're kind of post cool, huh?
0: No, throwing through being cool is a a song from there. Yes, I got it. Okay, but they were like always so much nerdier on the artiste scale like i almost like there's almost like a 90s sensibility to whip it like one of the weird alt rock 90s songs that are just fucking goofy and you don't quite know what like why someone would have made this
1: look they're the kind of guys who would make music videos not because mtv is about to exist but because they heard of this thing the laser disc (laughs) and they thought we're gonna capitalize (laughs) That is the thing. That's what happened. That's why they right. got into making music videos was the laser disc thing. And I'll tell you, that is how I know that Mother'sbaugh and I are the same, um, or that just all the Devo guys and me are the same. The idea that you'd be on the bleeding edge and go laser disc—that's where that's where we're <laughs> headed. The giant record size disc, but for movies, people are gonna love it. They
0: were huge.
1: Physically, not so yes. much. Not so much actually in the marketplace, but uh, you could buy a lot of laser discs cheap now. You know, and they're neat.
0: I just yeah. think they're neat. Sorry, I think it's a little easier to take cars as something serious versus whip it, which is like a lark. It's like a fun goof. Like, but there are like actual like hardcore covers of cars. They did one with like Fear Factory. I, I saw. Courtney love do one like a, like a stripped down, angry, uh, you know, alt rock version. I hate that. I don't know about all that, (laughs) but, um,
1: I, I just like, it's not even the Courtney love part. I just, I'm not quite sure that that's what I want. I will say, um, if you've never seen a live version where Gary Newman comes out and performs it with nine inch nails. Now that's what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. Like Gary Newman feels like a very clear link between Bowie and Reznor. Absolutely.
1: No, no doubt in my mind. Um, I think about that all the time that, right. Like if you don't have Gary Newman, does Trent Reznor happen the same way? Right. Like does Trent quite make the same kind of music? I'm not so sure. I just feels like he's such an obvious influence and a
0: big one. Yeah. Like, and, and that's pretty
1: cool. Like you can't really get much cooler than influenced Trent Reznor.
0: <laughs> they both influence Reznor. I'm pretty sure I've heard Nine Inch Nails do a Devo cover. That seems I'm right. Versa. I got to look that up. What am I thinking should, of? What am I thinking of? You should.
1: Of? I think it's just that like to me in my mind, if you're like, man, who's really influenced by Devo? I'm like, I don't know, Weird Al? <laughs> who's really influenced by Gary Newman? I I don't know, like probably every industrial act for the following two decades.
0: Yeah, I mean, that riff fucking stomps. Like
1: it it rules. It's just that if we're just talking about the original recording, it doesn't stomp us hard. Like it's good, but it's just, you can, it feels like a Moog preset to me. It's the only problem I have with it. It it detracts in such a way. Whereas if you, when I detract all of the situational knowledge of Whip It and just listen to it straight, even without the music video. I think that that song's amazing. I love that song. I think it. I think it just does so many different weird things. That's that's why I stand by the, the more is better. There's just more going on.
0: Which one has the better bass
1: line? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one um, because bass really plays a lot. I think um, the way that drums come in for Cars is really great.
0: Uh, the 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 best moment of Cars, and there are many good moments in Cars, is. Is for me like the first five seconds, like, ding. and then what? Right when it kicks in, it, it, that's squiggly like.
1: So it starts it, out a little caddyshack.
0: You know what I mean? God damn it, <laughs> he,
1: Gary Newman's is just like be the ball, be, be the car, be the car. Speaking of 1980, yep, it's a weird year. It's the year I was born, Todd. That explain if you if you wanted to understand me, textually and need no more information, you just say, "Born in 1980." Got it. A freak,
0: <laughs> an absolute bizarre, the weirdest weirdo. You know what I like about cars? I like I love being just in a car. You can take that as like a sincere song about how nice it is to be in your car. That's and, why I moved out of New York. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's a song that can be taken pretty literally. And in a way it, I mean for all of the complicated feelings about technology that exist in Gary Newman's music in general and certainly mm-hmm. on this record, there is a bit of that like isn't the song partly also somebody saw him in his car <laughs> through the window and they just decided they didn't like him. So they had to yeah, like drive up on the sidewalk or some
0: crazy shit and get away. He told this story and I don't know how seriously to take it. Like someone it's, was like fucking creeping in on him, looking at him in his car or like, I don't know, like threatening him or something. And he had to like drive away on the sidewalk, like scaring pedestrians. Like, I'm not sure how much I believe that, or if he's just bullshitting. Cause sometimes you got to understand sometimes artists lie. Sometimes that, artists just make up shit to describe because they don't have any, any actual uh thing to say about what they did.
1: Yeah, I don't think you'd really understand the degree to which the bullshit exists until you have a job where you interview people for a living. <laughs> I could tell you from firsthand knowledge because you'll do a lot of research, and then you'll you'll go, "Oh man, like I found this quote from twenty years ago that you you know you're going to interview a person." I will go, "You once said blank." Um, I used, this used to happen uh, in the beginning. Like I just stopped trying to ask sincere questions of Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. Because ninety nine percent of what he says in interviews is bullshit, because he doesn't want to do interviews, so he just makes stuff up on the fly to see if people will believe it. Mm-hmm. Bruce is a very extreme version of that, obviously, and very entertaining, by the way. This is not, a, I'm this is not an attack on Bruce Campbell. Like his shtick works very well, uh, but I do think that everybody that gets interviewed a billion times about the same two or three things eventually starts to bullshit just to see if they can get away with
0: it, or because they're bored. I am not sure like either of these songs are the artist's favorite things in their own catalog.
1: I'll tell you what, Todd, I kind of feel like we should start coming up with our own mythology for song versus song. <laughs> There's a question for you. How did song versus song come to be? Because the boring answer is you did Twitter polls. And then one day at karaoke, you said, Hey, I'm going to turn this into a podcast. I have no idea how to make a podcast. Will you <laughs> Please co host this with me because you know how to make podcasts. And that was it. But I know I wanted to be some kind of, you know, we were we were about to jump off a plane.
0: Oh, we got uh, into a big argument over uh, over a song versus another song. And it came to blows. So from now on, we decided we would do it on air so that to get it out.
1: We were in the hospital together, you know, after we'd beaten the hell out of each (laughs) other so bad that we almost died on the operating table. And when we came out the other end, we made a vow, a solemn
0: vow. And That's what really <laughs> happened. That's a fact. I'm going to feel real bad if, if Gary Newman did in fact drive on the sidewalk to get away. Well, from no, the- I'm not saying it definitely didn't happen. I just, yeah. you know, I think that. No, no I we- am. I am saying it definitely didn't happen. I don't believe it at all.
1: Okay, I mean, I think there's there at bare minimum, there's always a degree of mythologizing.
0: Um, I mean, like whippet. The video I remember is like people were making up bullshit about uh, what Whip it was about. It was like, oh, it's about jerking off. Oh, it's about masturbation. It's like, okay, well, why don't we just roll with that? We're going to have like a woman getting her clothes whipped off and we're just going to lean into it.
1: Yeah, I mean, why not? I'll tell you, um, I really thought for a long time, because um, I remember seeing the music video when I was young. I thought that the woman who was getting the 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 clothes whipped off of her was trans. Huh. I don't know why I thought that. You. But I was like, I was like, I really, I was, I was, because like the the beat, the makeup was so severe but beautiful, and it's all, it was almost, it was like bordering on like almost drag makeup, right? And I was like, oh, like they were kind of like fixating on on almost the 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 quote unquote masculine sides of her features, but in a very feminine way. And I was like, oh, man, that's cool. I, w- I was like, just one of the many times where I was like, I, I would I, I would like this to happen to me. And it was not about the whipping part. That came <laughs> later. But um, <laughs> at the time, it was just the, the look, the vibe.
0: Yeah, like, I think that's just what 80s makeup looked like. That's true. This is such a weird fucking video. I love it. Like a would, cowboy would, ranch. Would,
1: would MTV... BMTV without that music video. I don't know.
0: Yeah, I mean, the, the the Cars video is pretty decent for, you know, especially for 1980. It's it was, very moody. I do like but the it's work. very
1: direct, right? Like, it's pretty uncomplicated.
0: Yeah, uh, it was state-of-the-art for 1980, I'm pretty sure.
1: Sure. But I, I don't look at it and go, man, what what, what does it mean? <laughs> Whereas I watch Whippin' and I was like, what the? F- what? What? I don't know. I like this, but what? Also the fact that this, there was a real guy who would, people would pay to be on his ranch. Oh, right. And so the, it's, like, it's, it's loosely based on
0: that. Like the, the, the Devo guys like apparently had like an entire compendium of weird shit to pull from. And one like, of them
1: was that there was a real guy who had a real ranch. He would, I think he was originally an actor or something that eventually moved to wherever had a ranch and he had a bit where he would whip the clothes. It was like a 12-foot bull whip, and he whipped the clothes off of his wife, and she would, like, you know, she'd
0: have, like, Velcro on the clothes so that they would come off easily. I would not trust anyone with a, that trick.
1: It's it's uh, a real, like, put an apple on top of your head, isn't it? Yeah. Hold on. I got this. I got this bow and arrow.
0: Uh, man. spit not something I would want to do, especially with as much beer is going on in that whippet video. Everyone in there is drunk.
1: Well, what was supposed to be the takeaway with, with the woman with the cross eyes? Is she supposed to be really drunk or is that just like, does she just have like a lazy eye situation? What was the, like, well, I don't, I don't know what the story is there. I don't know what they were getting, what they were going for. I don't
0: know. I figure it's just like a weirdness for weirdness sake. Kind of thing. Just like Beck would just like throw random things into his videos. It's just there to be random. So random. That sounds like a criticism, but it's not. I like random. I like Beck videos. I like this video.
1: You know what uh, has always bugged
0: me about Whippet? What?
1: Step on a crick.
0: Break your mama's back. What about it?
1: It just seems like if you're saying step on a crick instead of step on a crack. You would say break your mama's back. <laughs> like you'd lean into the sound a little bit more, or you just say step on a crack, break I don't like it's such a weird thing where they chose not to rhyme.
0: I hear it more like crack. Oh, I it has always sounded like crick to me. Step on a crick. I think it's two different singers singing that part. Break your mama's back.
1: Yeah. Where's the where's the Fred Schneider version of this song?
0: <laughs> Another of the great Late seventies, nineteen eighty weird guys.
1: God, they've got they must have done something because the only thing I can think off the top of my head that, that connects the two of them in a direct way is that they both were involved in the soundtrack for the Rugrats movie. Were they? Yes, they were. That's a that's a stacked soundtrack. Wow. Stacked. Obviously Mark Mothersbaugh did a, a lot of the music in general, but um Devo does a version of Witch Doctor on that. And there's a track that Fred Schneider's on that's, I think, basically about just being born and just being a baby. Uh, And there's just a whole ton of people that are in there. That's a weird soundtrack because there's a Lisa Loeb song on there. And then there's my favorite. I was just tweeting about this before. So for people who don't follow me on Twitter, if you follow me on Twitter, you find out all kinds of fun facts. But uh, No Doubt does a song about throwing your toys around. And it's not written by No Doubt. It's written by the collaborator on that track and co-singer Elvis Costello.
0: That's so weird.
1: Anyway, I'm sure there's got to be other stuff that Mark Mothersbaugh and uh, Fred Schneider have been involved in together. That just feels impossible that they wouldn't be otherwise.
0: For for what it's worth, um, when I said uh, Nine Inch Nails covered Devo, that was not correct. Devo covered Nine Inch Nails.
1: Oh, I love that. I
0: think and that's even better. They covered head like a hole.
1: Of course they did. Of course they did. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Miley Cyrus
0: and Devo. Although I do remember uh, a Devo cover by Soundgarden. That w- well, that makes
1: sense because the other like main guy from Devo um, was a music video guy, unsurprisingly. Mm-hmm. And um, I believe he directed- You're talking about Gerald,
0: Gerald, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, Gerald, Gerald Casale. He came up with the the silly hats. Yep. Yep. F-
1: so he uh directed um Blow Up the Outside World and a bunch of other stuff too. But he he did in fact direct a Soundgarden song. So Our That's pretty video. cool. And right.
0: uh, like I said, like there's a very nineties sensibility to Devo for me. Whereas Gary Newman always struck me as like a more of like the cool seventies kraut rock art rock kind of kind of bent to it
1: i could see that i don't know i think that they just both seem really cool to me um i think that something that is effortlessly cool and so deliberately uncool that it exists in its own time space and dimension is kind of six of one half a dozen of the other right those are equally cool in my eyes
0: yeah i'm not saying one is cooler than the other i like being a nerd too i'm more than happy being a nerd and like I said, like Devo wrote the entire '80s and the '90s, like they are they have like such a shadow on them, and and you know Newman does too. Like, but I'm just saying, like being a nerd is nothing to be ashamed of. You know, here's a you you were saying like they invented the '80s. I saw a quote from one of them, I probably Mother's boss saying like, yeah, after Whippet, MTV wouldn't play us anymore. Yep. Yes. That's crazy. They had the best videos. They invented the music video, basically. And then immediately after they launched MTV, basically, they are like, only, okay.
1: Well, MTV only did hit makers, right? That was it. Like, once you get over the initial era where they just put on everything, um, and once MTV was successful, once it seemed like it was a tried and true product, they went the opposite of what you'd think, right? Mm-hmm. You'd be like, oh, okay, so people like weird music videos. Put all that shit on. They're like, no, 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 no. There's money in in this cash cow, so we're gonna do the the cashiest cowiest thing we can do, and so they just only played the hits. And that was it.
0: Yeah, and that's when you know Michael Jackson and Madonna and Prince take over that network.
1: Yeah, it's a bummer. Um, you you feel like Devo should have had a, a much larger footprint there, considering they helped invent the damn thing.
0: Yeah, that's bullshit. And I don't know. Gary Newman kind of immediately fell off too. Which is like just like like all his innovations got stolen by everybody. Like yeah. pretty soon well, everyone MTV was is making so synth-
1: American centric, and what's more American than stealing somebody else's idea <laughs> and pretending it was yours from the very beginning?
0: Well, I mean, like Gary Newman kind of fell off in the UK too because like the, all the sounds he invented were everywhere. Like synth pop was. He was not the only person in the game anymore. Basically, so they they both kind of fade out and then Debo put out a couple more albums before they kind of broke up acrimoniously or at, at, at the very least they became more of like an on off kind of thing. But like I, a world where they were like still making hits through like say even 1985 would have been, would have been very interesting. I would have liked to see that.
1: Yeah. It's, it's a shame that, that they sort of peter out. Um, in that way, right? That you're just not hearing them. As I mean, much. I mean,
0: that's like first you, they break through. You got like the strange weirdos, and then they find a way to make these new sounds digestible to the mass audience. And soon everyone's very pretty. You get your Duran Durans and your Whams and all that, and things become very different.
1: Well, Gary Newman's making music now.
0: So are Devo, I think.
1: Yeah, I and mean, why not? You could go. You could go listen to them right now,
0: Todd. <laughs> I, I admit I only listened to, like, the first Gary Newman uh, albums. I I did not follow what happened to him after Cars. I probably should. I have a whole show on One Hit Wonders, and I have never covered either of these two on uh, on that show because I do not consider them One Hit Wonders.
1: That is an interesting point. I, I had been thinking about asking you about, I know it's very How the Sausage Gets Made, but... I don't know. I mean, they are and
0: they aren't. They are and they aren't. That is absolutely true. If I wanted to, I absolutely could. It's like, maybe I will make an episode for Gary Newman because he had like such a fascinating career. He was very big in the UK. Like, I remember when they covered him on like the VH1's One Hit Wonders, they were like, this is the only One Hit Wonder we can think of that has several tribute acts for him in the UK.
1: Yeah, he's, he I think is and is not insulted by the One Hit Wonder thing at the same time. Right. Right, like, he's, like, I mean, I guess better one than none, but also it's not really accurate. (laughs) It's just, again, it's a very American-centric viewpoint of his career.
0: Well, he had, like, three number one hits in the UK or something like that, or something close to that, maybe only two, but, like, he was a hit maker for a couple years there, a real one.
1: Yeah, I don't, man. Did you go and go back and listen to either of
0: the albums all the way through? I mean, on top of the many times I've already read, already listened to Freedom of Choice, but yes. Freedom of Choice is pretty good.
1: Pleasure Principle, there's a couple really great tracks. Man, I'll tell you, though, I was... um it was a little too ahead
0: of its time, I feel like.
1: Well, not only that, but, like, there's a track on there called Observer, mm-hmm. that if you weren't paying attention, right? Like, you just you just put <laughs> the album on. Yeah, I was just listening be to like, it. You'd be like, like oh, did, oh, did Cars come on? It It sounds like Cars, but no, this isn't Cars. It just sounds like, what if Cars wasn't good?
0: <laughs> That's Observer. Like, it's it's such a similar track. It really is. I thought it was like an early demo of Cars. Like, what am I listening to? But there's a lot of good tracks on that record. Um, I like
1: Conversation, which is a track before Cars, and uh, Emmy is good, and Films is good. Uh, Metal is good. I know a lot of people like uh, Air- Airline, which is like an uh, instrumental track. Uh, But I think that like if I was going to grade those two albums, I guess it is a little too ahead of its time, but I really like it. Honestly, I actually think I prefer that album. This is maybe a a weird thing that I prefer that album over the Devo one.
0: That that does surprise me, actually. Yeah. I mean, Freedom, Freedom of Choice is, I guess, the more accessible album.
1: I like it. I
0: don't dislike it. It's more it, of a pop. But, like it, it was their idea. It's like, this is going to be our pop album, which is so weird to me because it's like, for like the time, it was not very pop at all, except it, be, it did become a hit.
1: Yeah, I think there's just something about The Pleasure Principle for me. I just listened to it all the way through. And I, I like an album that um locks into a part of my brain and doesn't let go of it. And The Pleasure Principle does that very well.
0: It sounds great for as primitive as it is, like on the bleeding edge of synth pop, it, it still, it still kicks pretty hard.
1: On the laser disc edge of synth pop. Um, I mean, all think, right. Did, did you have anything that you wanted to say about what no, you no, either I like or don't like compositionally production
0: wise? I did always kind of feel like the, the, there are kind of like two parts of cars and I'm not sure they go all that well together. There's like the big stomp riff and then there's like dude, Doo do 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 I don't know. It, it it felt like kind of a different song when that part comes on.
1: I don't know. I, 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 yeah. No, I mean I I, I could kind of see it. For me, it's that the end goes on for too long.
0: I I I, I get what you mean. Whip it is a, certainly a much tighter song.
1: I think that's the other thing, right? Where it's like so that's the way in which less is more. Mm-hmm. where they they really understand the economy of what they have to do they get in and they get out but then yeah like i said if you if you listen to the the guitar riff it does change ever so slightly from verse to verse to verse which i really like and um and i do love the the i like the whip sound effect even though it's so silly um in a way more than that like weird like almost i don't know if it's supposed to be just like a like a like a like a like a drum sound effect that they keep mm. repeating over and over again in um in cars Pssh. but i like that i mean if you're going for it cuz it almost sounds like a whip it might just go full whip just go yeah. just do it
0: i think it's time for some questions
1: all right let's question let's so we do this thing where we ask uh four questions sort of help uh just wrangle all these disparate thoughts we've had for the last however long it's been and then all of a sudden we know what the right answer is we don't but it'll help anyway question number one uh is a question of history and relevance one of these songs is gonna uh it's gonna go away forever the other one's gonna stay other one's gone for the culture todd which song has to stay impossible (sighs) this is one of the hardest times for this question
0: i'm i'm gonna say cars
1: That's the one that has to stay.
0: Yes. I feel like so much of the new wave was kind of predicated on that. More influential than Devo, which is extremely influential. I don't feel good about this answer, though. I don't know.
1: Something of the sound is lost if you take Devo away. Um, One thing I will say is the, the way they sing... Would be okay because you'd still have Fred Schneider and you'd still have Elvis Costello. And I think if you have the two of those, you basically have How Devo Sings songs. Um, But then you lose Dare to Be Stupid. Good (laughs) Lord. How How do I live without Dare to Be Stupid, which is legitimately one of the best songs of the 80s and one of my favorite songs of all time? Gosh, that's hard because... If you lose Whippet, there is no Dare to Be Stupid. It just doesn't happen.
0: As good or better than any of Devo's songs, and in exactly the same way. It's barely even a parody, that song. That's a good song.
1: It's the least parody of his of all time, you know. The other times when he's had huge success outside of it, they're also good, right? Like, But even then, sometimes it's a bit of a, I didn't think I could get away with this, like Albuquerque. Mm -hmm. Right. I had an idea that I'd do a song that's like 20 years long. No one will like this. And then it became one of everybody. It like I think if you're a Weird Al fan, it's like in your top 10 to 20 um, Albuquerque, a classic. And uh, everything you know is wrong, which is like weirdly, deeply profound. <laughs> but not as interesting as Dare to be Stupid.
0: All right. I th- I think I'm still going to go with Cars, though.
1: All right, I'm going to go with Whippet. So we're we're at a crossroads there. I just it, literally the weird the, the dare to be stupid thing is the thing that's that's may, may not be able to like oh, Whip Whippet. All right, question number two is sort of a a compositional like how the sausage is made story. You could be a fly on the wall. You can experience Soup to Nuts, the creation of one and only one of these two songs, and that includes the music video, which I feel is very important in this case. <laughs> Which one do you want to get the full behind the music on?
0: That's uh, I mean, just the video alone would, would do it. But also I think just in general whip it. It's, it's Devo for me. That, yeah. this is a
1: no brainer. That just, seems like a it's, fun it's, video just, to make. Yeah. I just think they'd had a lot of fun. I knew they, 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 they have like a set, right? Like they had like a recording place that they just, they used the space to film on. It would be interesting to see how they decided to set up the shots and everything. Uh, I would love to know, like, who are those actors they got? Because, like, especially the woman who gets whipped, and the woman that's got the gun. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, like, I'm like, who are those people? Who is she? Like, I just want to know who they are. I want to meet them, have a, have a have a sneaky conversation that doesn't impact history. Am I the whippet lady? It, <laughs> am I the lady who gets whipped? Anyway, um, yeah, for me, it's, it's whippet. It. Question number three, also very important in my mind, um, Megan the Stallion gonna get up to a, a night of hot girl shit as she does before she does that though she's gonna prepare You got to get ready you can't just go out for a night of hot girl shit willy nilly you gotta listen to a pre-hot girl shit playlist one and only one of these two songs is gonna appear on that playlist Todd which song for now and forever is hot girl shit
0: my god this is such a harder question than I thought it would be cause like I don't I would I don't necessarily think either of these girls are hot girl shit, but they could be made into hot girl shit with the right spin on it. Both of them. You gotta pick you gotta pick one. Gotta pick one. All right, I'm
1: gonna go with cars. I agree. Yes. I think this brings out the this is like a headbanger's ball. <laughs> Megan, right? Yeah. Like she's going for some some goth girl shit.
0: And you know, everyone just looks uh, you know. Everyone got a nice car. That could be very hot, hot girl shit.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think that, that sampling that and, and making a track that leans heavily into the car aspect. Yeah, I'm sold. All right, great. We got yep. it. You said that was going to be hard. I, I, I suspected it would be simple and I'm glad I was right. Now, the final most important question, not just of our show, but also just for all of you been creation. William Shatner, uh, man of town, uh, actor of some variety. Equestrian and of course, singer. He's going to do a William Shatner version of one and only one of these two songs, Todd. Which one of these songs must be Shat upon?
0: Maybe if Cars had more words, it'd give him something more to work with. I think it's got to be Whip It.
1: I, it's, sometimes the song that is already fun is the one that I don't go for. Right.
0: That's, that was my big uh, that was my big thing there like that that was the argument against, but go on.
1: But I think that there's also a means in this case wherein instead of it being goofy and fun, he could take it to a really dark, horrifying place, <laughs> right? Something frightening. Right. And again, I always I feel like I always use Tambourine Man as the as the <laughs> example, but. He could really do that. I always because it's that one bit right where he goes in the jingle, mm. jingle morning, I'll come following you. That's literally how he delivers the line. I feel like he could do something like that
0: with whip it. You yeah. must whip, whip it, whip it good, whip it good. Yeah, I totally see it.
1: All right, I don't know where that leaves us. I think we're I think we're still even, Steven. So there's only one thing to do about this, Todd. And that's ask the people who are smarter than us, the
0: listeners. All right. Super duper Jesus writes, they don't make songs about wanting to fuck your car enough these days.
1: Is that true? I don't
0: know. I mean, I it,
1: did what, did was did Haley Steinfeld do a Bumblebee theme song? No. Wow. Well, then you're
0: right. Jesus, you're correct. <laughs> Super <laughs> duper correct. All right. I mean, we had Queens, I'm in love with my car, and then Cars, and then 30 Years of Nothing. I mean, I didn't see Annette, so... Or not Annette, Titan, excuse me. Haven't I haven't seen not Titan. I haven't
1: watched that either. Man, wow, is there a, is there a, is there a Will Smith-style rap for, <laughs> for that movie? Gosh, I gotta. Wa- I can't believe I haven't watched that yet. What's wrong with me? I'm letting myself down.
0: All what's right. The, what's next? All right. Apocalypse Then writes... I don't mm. see the connection between the two. Cars isn't about masturbation. And then Connor Rankin responds, "Yes, it is. What do you think he was doing in that car of his?"
1: <laughs> I like that the answer is that neither of them is about that. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, uh, neither of them are about masturbating. I yeah. also still like the thing that we got a lot. Were you going to read a comment where where they criticized us for not pitting diva up against Oingo Boingo? Do you have that in the?
0: I think they are I, I didn't. I didn't cull it from the, the comments list, but I did think someone brought up Oingo Boingo.
1: I want to be really clear that um, I didn't, we didn't talk about this, but the reason I assumed it was because um, one of these, uh, one of these albums actually came out in the seventies and the other one was largely um, uh, composed in the seventies and that they both like really created the 1980s in a way that Oingo Boingo didn't like, I get the Mark Mother's Mothersbaugh, Danny mm-hmm. Elfman connect, obviously we will be doing Oigo go Boingo in the future <laughs> and we will be taking weird science and pitting it up once it what it naturally goes up against, which is she blinded me with science by Thomas Dolby. Like that will happen. Just not
0: today. Yeah. For what it's worth of the third party votes we got, my the one I felt the most correct was once in a lifetime by the talking heads. Or not the ta- yeah, well, talking, talking Heads. heads, not heads not talking, yeah, excuse me.
1: Talking Heads also had a, a huge, huge influence on the 1980s and, right. and on both these acts, I believe. Certainly on Devo.
0: Right. Well, moving on. Sil W writes, I say whip it. I just wanted to say that.
1: <laughs> Correct. I can't,
0: whip. Okay. David Yurch writes, Whip it gets my vote on the grounds that without it, Devo might not have gotten big enough to warrant an all-woman Devo cover band called We Are Not Men. That is a brilliant name for a cover band. I like it. Yep. Okay.
1: I didn't even know that. Once again, I'm letting myself I didn't. Yeah, I, mean,
0: I, I wish I had known that also because that's amazing. I'm so glad to know about it. I did know about Deve 2.0. <sighs> did you know that one? Nope. That was like... uh. It was like a, an all-children cover band of Devo. Like, they look like Disney Channel kids, and they only do Devo cover songs.
1: I don't know how I feel about that. I gotta be honest. Yeah.
0: It was very strange. All right. G. Assle writes, I went to a party last year, and Mark Mothersbaugh was there, and he asked me where I got the bacon wrap dates. That's it. That's my story. I only. It's
1: a great, r- it's a great story, and thank you for telling it.
0: I only said that to... Uh, Add this other uh, this other comment from Chris Mills, who wrote, "Who writes? I once saw Gary Newman in line for a roller coaster. Did not elaborate on that either.
1: Fascinating. <laughs> now, here is the thing: What would have happened if the person who had the dates saw Gary Newman, and the other person had invited Mark Mothersbaugh to a roller coaster? Well, I I believe how he saw- would things have played out in those situations? I believe we would have peace on Earth. Ah, damn. So close. So close!
0: (laughs) Okay. Excalibur, anxious Foxy of doing their best, writes, Only one of these songs is by a big buff anime vampire, so this is an easy choice. What a strange way to describe Gary Newman. I assume. I guess it could be Devo also, but... Well, here's the... Well, no, clearly
1: the answer to that is that... um... Is that Devo is the the Simon slash Richter Belmont
0: of the situation because of the whip. Ah, of course, of course, of course. You're welcome. You're welcome. All right. Mothman 69 writes, I don't know how a band in all black with whips managed to make the less sexy video, but they did it. Regardless, I'm voting for those pasty cone heads as that groove just kills. There was another comment responding to that one. ZZ Quinn writes, so true. Devo are unapologetically serving big virgin energy <laughs> while looking, <laughs> while looking at Gary Newman, you can tell that guy fucks despite him looking a little bit like Jim Parsons in eyeliner. Oh
1: my God. That's so true. Well, I think yes. Jim Parsons fucks for sure. Just cause he played the, 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 Bazinga guy doesn't mean that that man doesn't fuck. I'll tell you, maybe that is why I like Devo so much. I also have no, I'm like fucking pass. So I guess, I guess that checks out. Thank you. Thank you, Commenter. All right. I don't need to go to therapy this week.
0: Um, Bo Dewar writes, Cars was both ahead of its time and instantly dated, like Epcot Center in the 80s.
1: It's just the, the the Moog preset. That's
0: it. I actually don't think compositionally it feels dated at all. Glyph writes, I just listened to Whip It. What a terrible, terrible song, my God. Get out. <laughs> That's an amazing comment from someone who a has never heard Whip It before and b hates it. That's I have a, never I imagined. Listen. I've never imagined this person existing.
1: But they do, and uh, and now we both have to know that fact. And now, so do you, listener.
0: <laughs> All right. And finally, Jeremy Hanna writes: Cars is pretty good and gets way too much hate for being a blatant cash grab by Pixar. But Whippet is an. <laughs> But Whippet is an awesome roller derby movie starring Elliot Page and a bunch of badass women. I'm going to have to go with Whippet. I've also
1: seen this joke play out in image form on Twitter. (laughs) So congratulations to both. Or if it's the same person that just put two different versions of the same joke in
0: in two different places. I missed it on Twitter. And for what it's worth, I did like Whippet. Certainly a lot more than Cars. I think Drew Barrymore should direct more movies. I agree. All right. I think that's going to be it for the comments. So now... You must guess who won, and the, I, I couldn't possibly have imagined who who would win. I have no clue. In fact, I wrote it down, and I still have no clue. I immediately forgot because it doesn't I, seem like there's a, there's a a winner here.
1: I gotta imagine it's it's close, but I I think just my guess is that we have a lot of American listeners, and so my guess is Devo.
0: All right, for a total of three sixty two to three thirty three wow a 52 to 48 split when a problem comes along you must whip it
1: nice i mean look i'm glad that it's as close as it was
0: i mean that's fair that's absolutely fair uh that's about you know it it feels right it's not a super surprise a tiny but a solid victory for whip it that's about what i'd expect
1: I don't well, I don't think anybody I don't think there's really any losers in this situation except technically Gary Newman you lost Gary's
0: <laughs> but in a more accurate sense all right thank you for watching or listening everybody this is song versus song if you like us go to our patreon toss us a dollar you'll get our bonus episodes and if you can't do that just enjoy it and spread it around leave us a nice comment leave us some good reviews on iTunes or wherever you can review this podcast
1: five stars thank you um Hey, Todd. What's that? Did you realize that our next episode is the 100th numbered episode? You're kidding me. It's wild. We definitely have not done any preparing for a 100th episode whatsoever.
0: That's shocking to me. I can't It seems believe-
1: like we would take some time and consider an episode that would be fitting for the 100th or to do something that would make it so that it was a special episode, but no, we did no work at all. Um, and that is why the next episode pairing is, I'm sure, very average, not two enormous acts and two enormous songs from an enormous decade that will generate, in theory, a lot of votes.
0: Well, I am just going to uh, pull my notes up because I do not remember what we picked for our next episode. Okay. Yes, I
1: definitely also don't. I never know. I certainly don't know. The Just same as usual. I definitely don't know what the next episode
0: is. Well, I am looking at it. And what it says here is something called Smells Like Teen Spirit by a band called Nirvana versus a song called Closer by a band called NIN. N-I-N. Huh. Hmm. Not sure what that stands for.
1: God, I wish we'd come up with something better for 100th episode.
0: Okay, Google says it is called. Um, it stands for Nine Inch Nails. You ever heard of them? Uh, well, I guess, in the, I mean, we talked about them, right?
1: Like, I was doing some research for this episode, uh-huh. and they came up. Oh, right, as we as having, talked about appara- them, yes. Apparently, having done a cover of this song, Cars, which was pretty good. But beyond that... I definitely have never heard of them, nor are they the most influential industrial act of the 1990s. Um, and certainly um, that other act you were talking about is not. Basically, if you were going to name one band for the entirety of the 90s, it would be them. I, It definitely wouldn't be
0: that. It's certainly not the biggest song of our lifetimes.
1: Yes, it's certainly not that we pitted the songs that stand out as the definition of what alternative music was for an entire decade, because that would require that we would have done some forethought for this hundredth episode, which we did not do,
0: which we never do. Never. No. All right. Well, you can tune in for that disappointing, boring episode (laughs) next month. Thank you for listening for 99 whole episodes. We made it. We made it to 99 thanks everybody see you in the next one
1: bye